As we continue in worship, let us do so through the hearing of the scripture reading for us this morning. That comes from us from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 20. Hear these words. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God. And he hasn't dis disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning and then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to them, but Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks is best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan to north to Bathsheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. It's the word of God for us, the people of God this day. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, and for your joy at work amongst us. Lord, as we enter into this time of discipleship and devotion, we ask for you to open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we may be attentive to you. Turn out the distraction of our day and our lives so that we may hear from you and what you have for us in these words. May they be what inspires us to grow closer to you. Lord, may I become less so that you may be more in this moment. 
And may the words of my heart and meditation, my soul, be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Eli was going through a lot. He was serving as the priest at the time. He was part of the family lineage that traced its way all the way back to Aaron, Moses' brother, who was in charge of the offerings and the sacrifices and the religious worship of the day. But Eli was going through a lot. He was going through a hard time. His body was failing him. He was losing his eyesight and you could just tell by the words that it was weighing on him. He couldn't see like he used to. He wasn't as vigorous as he once was. Life was getting a little challenging. At the same time, Eli has these two sons of his that are just about ready to send him to no hair left. Stressing him at himself out and stressing him out with all of their antics and all of their attitudes. They weren't leading right. They weren't doing right. And in a day in which the priesthood passed from the sons from generation to generation to generation, Eli was struggling to see if his own sons could carry on the lineage because of what they were doing. They were abusing the women, chapter 2 tells us. They were taking the offering and benefiting themselves from it. They were taking the food that was to be sacrificed and offered to God and feeding themselves and getting fat on it, off of it. They were basically taking what God had entrusted them with and saying, eh, I don't care. Eli, as a father, I'm sure struggled with that. Struggled with how to get his own kids in line and yet couldn't. Couldn't do it. Maybe he couldn't do it or maybe he didn't even want to do it out of fear of what that would mean to their relationship. But for whatever reason, Eli's struggling with his family. Struggling with his eyesight. And I have to wonder if he's just feeling that discouragement of nothing going right, nothing going well. And perhaps the only bright spot that maybe Samuel could, or Eli could see is his apprentice Samuel. Samuel came to him in a unique way. Samuel's parents were a family by the name of Elkanah, the father, and Hannah, the mother. You might know the story of Hannah in her prayers for a child. She desperately wanted to have a, a child of her own. She got so tired of being mocked for not having a child. She went to the temple and prayed fervently for God to bless her with a child of her own, so much so that Eli himself thought that Hannah was drunk. No, no, not drunk, just praying. She prayed so hard for that child, and that child, she said, if it came, I would give him over to God for service. 
It's an interesting phrase for her to say because her family came from a lineage within the Levite family that had responsibilities in worship. They were part of the family line who was given the responsibility to take care of the the offerings, to take care of the, the table, to take care of the bread of presence. They were the group in the family that was allowed to get as close to the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, without being the priests themselves. And so Hannah praying, I will give my son over to God, is saying, I won't hold, her, hold this child for myself. I will gladly recognize that, yes, I want this child, but they have work to do for you. And so eventually this child Samuel comes and She gives Samuel over to Eli to train and to equip to do that work around the temple and the tabernacle of caring for the altar, the bread of presence, the sacrifices, to assisting Eli in his work. And so it is on this day that we find Samuel there with Eli in the tabernacle. Perhaps Eli's one good thing of joy that he can see right now. That one good moment of glimmer of hope in discouraging times. And so it is that we find Samuel there lying down right outside of the temple and the tabernacle, right near where he would start his duties. It's early in the morning, and we can tell that by the fact that the candle hadn't gone out yet. You would light candles throughout the night to give you a sense of some light when it was so dark out. It's early in the morning, the sun's not out yet, and he keeps hearing this voice. Samuel. Now, Samuel at this point doesn't know God yet. Yes, he's serving God, but he hasn't really had that deep personal moment of a voice from God. A voice that seems silent at this time. Something else that is probably giving Eli some discouragement. Samuel. Samuel just thought it was Eli. Just thought it was Eli. So he goes into Eli's chambers and says, here I am, what can I do to help you? What can I do to meet your needs? Here I am. And Eli, like any exhausted parent, when the child comes in the room at four in the morning asking for food or water or something else, go back to bed, it's too early. Not that I have any experience with that. Go back to bed, it's too early. So Samuel goes back again. Again, he hears that voice, Samuel. Now Eli's getting perturbed. Go back to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Third time. Samuel goes to Eli. I'm here. What is it that you need? Now remember, this was a time in which words from the Lord were silent. And maybe Eli's discouraged but he still understands when God is speaking. He still remembers what it's like to hear God speak. 
and to hear that voice calling, he still remembers how to connect with God. Even in that discouragement. He says to Samuel, look, that voice calls you again. I want you to do me a favor. I, I want you to say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And then just listen to whatever it says. He sends Samuel back off to listen to God. This man who is full of discouragement, this man who's, who feels like he's failing his own two sons because he can't get them in line, this man who's probably feeling the weight of being a priest and not hearing from God himself, this same man who is perhaps dealing with discouragement of knowing that God's displeased with his family. He still remembers God's voice. And he still has some purpose in him. Eli needed to help Samuel to recognize that God was speaking to him. Eli, this man who is tired, who's exhausted, whose eyes are failing, who family is falling apart, who's discouraged, who's broken. He had a purpose and a usefulness to help Samuel see God at work in his life. And so he sent Eli, Samuel back into that room to listen for God to listen for his voice, to know what to do next. Samuel needed that voice of that discouraged, struggling, tired, worn down priest. And so Samuel goes back and he listens. Samuel, Yes, I'm listening. He's not brave enough yet to say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. But he's there. I need you to do something for me, Samuel. I'm exhausted with Eli. I'm exhausted with his family. They know what I have said to them. Because in chapter 2, God sends a man of God to tell them, look, if you don't get your house in order, I'm going to separate you from the priesthood. God tells this apprentice it's coming. And that you would be the one next to serve. He gives Samuel a calling, a voice, and a perspective. And eventually, Samuel will take that voice, that calling, and that perspective to be one of the prophets of the time, a voice of reason, a voice of leadership, a voice of truth. It'll be one of those voices that will guide the people of Israel from a time of judges to the monarchy. It'll be Samuel who lead the, the ark and the covenant back out of the Philistines' hands and back into the people of Israel. It'll be Samuel who will anoint Saul 
It will be Samuel who will go, God, I made a huge mistake giving Saul the kingdom. It will be Samuel who will anoint David. Before all that, he has a job to do. And that is to speak to Eli. And tell Eli what God had said to him. And he's feeling the weight of it. And so when the morning sun comes up, Eli is not the one saying, Samuel, where are you? And so Samuel comes and he says, here I am. And God says, tell me everything. And don't you dare hold back, I can take it. And Samuel gives him the whole truth. Tells him everything. And then Eli gives him another mentorship of faithfulness and basically says, well, if it is God's will, let it be done. If it's, if it's God's will for me not to lead, if it's God's will because of my family, let it be done. Eli needed the voice of that younger Samuel to help him see something of God. The same one who had just mentored Samuel now needs Samuel himself to hear from God, to hear what God had for him, and to perhaps even remind Eli of his own faith and own love of God. Samuel needed Eli. Eli needed Samuel. There's something beautiful in that. In this passage, it is so easy to get caught up in the call narrative of Samuel, especially with how great he will become in time. But there is something beautiful and holy in recognizing that the young needed the old and the old needed the young to both grow together in God's love. Eli needed Samuel. Samuel needed Eli. There's something holy in that. Something holy perhaps for us in our own time. In this time in which we live in when we get so closed in to our generational lines Boomers stay in their corner. Gen X stays in their corner. Millennials stay in their corner. Gen Y, Gen Z, Gen Z, Alphas stay in their corner. And all we do is throw barbs at each other. Boomers, everyone else is too young. They don't know what they're doing. They don't do it our way. They're ruining everything. Millennials and Alphas. All these boomers don't know what they're talking about. All they do is sit in their coffee shops at McDonald's and yell and complain. One says we're too young, the other one says we're too old. And us Generation X is sitting in the middle just laughing at all like Jan from Brady Bunch. It's nice to be in the middle sometimes. But, we need each other. We need each other. There's wisdom from the older generation that the younger generation needs. 
And there's younger, there's wisdom in the younger generation of faithfulness that yes, we need. And we should never be too bold or, or prideful to say we don't need each other. Eli needs Samuel and Samuel needs Eli. I know it in my own life. I can count in every church I have served uh, the people who have been mentors to me, who helped me to see something deeper. I think of people like a June Gritton, this humble man who on my first Sunday at a church said, you know, we're gonna give this old this young whippersnapper a chance. Said that right in a Sunday school class. Now I'm saying whippersnapper, I don't know what, I can't remember, it was like eight years ago. But we're gonna pray for him. And we're gonna encourage him. And he's gonna make mistakes, he's not gonna do things always the right way, but we're gonna be there for him. I remember a guy by the name of David who would sit and just let me be me. He never expected me to be a pastor when we talked. We would just talk. Share about baseball. And even here, I think of Tim. Tim and his way of just coming to my office and just looking at me, shaking his head, and going, Shannon, you know how it is, just laugh. And Tim's usually the one laughing. I can say that because he's not here. He's going to text me later. Well, we, we know Tim doesn't text. But I hope in each of those, and there's so many others, that I've grown from their witness. And I hope and I pray that I've been that same to others, showing a side of faith that maybe we don't always see, helping us to see things maybe a little bit out of the box, helping us to love God and grow in faith and serve the Lord together. We need each other. I need you. I need you. And you need me. And we all need each other. Eli needed Samuel. Samuel needed Eli. We all need each other so we can love God, grow in faith, and serve the Lord. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for the witness of Eli and Samuel that reminds us that we need each other. And we need you. Help us to remember that in all that we do. Help us to lift each other up and to carry each other as witnesses of faith. Through Christ we pray. Amen.